Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, everybody. And this is the podcast, 50 Shades of K. I'm your host, Elizabeth K. And today's podcast is all about step parenting and blended families. Um, I have two guests here. I have my good friend, Katie, who actually happens to be married to my boss, Brian. <laughs> Katie is, I feel, a great example of a successful blended family and she will explain her family dynamic in just a second here and also we have my friend michelle who is a mom a divorced mom of three kids your three kids have a stepmom you also have a boyfriend kyle who has kids from a previous relationship so michelle you're all in like these blended families you're i mean you're brady in a bunch over there it is total brady bunch minus one that we're not going to go after yeah there you go and what i what i sort of bring to the table is uh, where this idea came from is besides being asked most commonly what is it like to work with Wes mccain i get asked the most about what is my relationship like with my stepson and my stepson's mom Thank you, Cinderella, for the evil stepmother role that was created in literature <laughs> right. that now us as stepmoms have to kind of, you know, fight sometimes to to break and break those stereotypes. Uh, but first, Katie, explain what your dynamic is with your family, because you're not only a stepmom, you have a biological child with your now husband, Brian. Mm-hmm. We have a couple advantages in terms of of how we approach the whole blended family thing. Number one, Brian had been divorced for six years at the time that I met him. Um, She was also in a very happy relationship, which she is still in 15 years later. Their kids were older. The youngest was 14 when we met. So it wasn't a situation where we were dealing with young children that we were having to really do a a Mm -hmm. lot of hands-on parenting. The kids lived with him, but his first wife, I call her his first wife instead of ex, just because I feel like it's less harsh. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I just always refer to her as his first wife. Her name's Lisa. She's awesome. They were married for 17 years. I had no idea of that when we went on our first date. I was like, he's like, yeah, I was married for 17 years and I'm frantically counting under the table on my fingers. Like how old he must have been when he got married. Yeah, because he was pretty young. He was 20. So then, you know, I knew he had these grown kids and I was like, wow, this is a very, I'd never dated anybody with Older kids, I dated one person who had a small child, and that was it. And, and did it intimidate so, you? Did you, yes. did you feel oh, like, I don't know if definitely. I want to be involved in this? Definitely, definitely. Especially teenagers, and they were living with him. I mean, he was the primary caregiver at that point in their lives. And so it was like, meh. But I was, you know, I was I was 30 years old. I was not particularly naive, and I was pretty confident in myself. And I just was like, well, we'll see how this goes. It turns out that Lisa and I have a lot more in common than you guys go on on vacation. We do together. And part of the reason why Katie's here for this podcast is because (laughs) the first time I met Brian's first wife, we'll call Mm -hmm. her, was at the company Christmas party that Katie and Brian hold to their house every year. And she was there. I've never experienced a family. I'm like, the ex-wife is here. 
what? I only know people not getting along. And I really commended you. And I said that to Brian the next Monday morning. I'm like, so everyone's getting along. And then I see on Facebook, you guys are going on vacations together. Like you went to New Orleans together to visit. She and I went to New Orleans twice because that's where her daughter, my stepdaughter lives. What was your secret? Was it always like that when you came into the relationship? Did you always go into it at the beginning of she's not interested in Brian anymore and you're committed to these kids? I mean, what what was your mind going into this? My mindset when I, even when I just met the kids, but way before I I ever met her was I am not looking to create a new family. I am applying for membership to one that already exists. They had a whole family and I see and maybe it's just in movies that this happens where the stepmom comes in and like we're having a baby and this is your family now and that's not your family and I was like why, you know, that there just isn't any reason for it to have that animosity especially when there weren't any hard feelings between, you know, changing marriages. I talked to her early on and said, you know, I think you and I were married to very different people. Which um, is fair to say because 20-year-old Brian is different than for sure. 50-year-old well, Brian. Well, and 50-year-old Brian had six years of therapy, and I had plenty of therapy, and she'd had therapy. God love our therapists, therapy. right? Everyone, needs, everyone listening, there's no shame in that. Just Everyone's never go to therapy. Go to therapy. Everyone it is a spa from treatment for your soul, I'm telling you. <laughs> it really is. It is so good. <laughs> well, and But you bring up a really good point that he was a, he was a different person then right. than he was with you. And right. Katie, we are going to get to so many other things about your family and your dynamic, but mm-hmm. what I want to quickly bring in with Michelle is you are the biological mom with the kids and now you have a stepmom in your kid's life. What was that like when she came into the picture and you realized that they're getting married? And because not every situation is like a Katie situation. <laughs> I wish. I really wish my situation were like Katie's, but it's not. There was a lot of animosity, you know, with the divorce between my ex-husband and I. And the dynamic that they had brought into the relationship when they started dating was in my opinion, they didn't date long enough, but who knows? I mean, it was, it's his third marriage. They dated for five months before they were engaged, married under like four months, four or five months later than that. So I feel like I didn't get a chance to like have her apply for membership, you know, first before I felt like I got to know her. So it was just like she came in, swooped in, and then they were all married, new house. Two houses sold, all moved together, and it all happened under four months. And how so, did your kids react to all of this? Because they're always the concern is how are the kids going to react to it? Right. And they were fine with it. So then I was fine with it. They have adapted really well. And I think that the age of my kids, they're 15, 12, and 10, that they've all adapted pretty well. You know, you have so much guilt as a parent going through a divorce in a hard situation that all you do is trying to nurture the kids and make sure that they're okay. And so you just have a lot of guilt with that. And for my situation, when I came into this, when I started dating Eric, when I first met him, I didn't even know he had a child. Soon after I realized he did have a child, it never in any way scared me. I think I was naive when I had gotten involved because I was blinded by love. And this child, he is just such a sweet kid. He has a huge heart. I mean, he's an old soul. He's a great kid. I mean, my husband always says, if if you don't like Brayson, that's a you problem. Because this kid <laughs> is, I mean, yes, we're biased as his parents, but he's a great kid. And so it's easy to love. But I remember being really nervous when I was going to meet his mom. And when I met his mom, I mean, she's articulate and beautiful and remarried. And I was a little intimidated. But as I've talked to other people, I love being told that's normal. It's like, okay, to feel that way because I just didn't know where's my place. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And kind of like you, Katie, I came into this with, I don't have an agenda. I love Eric and I love Brayson. And I'm committed to helping Eric raise his son. It wasn't like I'm trying to come in and be his his well, mom. And when you when you love somebody... 
they weren't born when they met you. Everything that they experienced in their lives contributed to making them who they are. And so you have to kind of look back at those experiences and you don't have to love them, but you kind of have to respect them enough to say everything that happened to him before me made him into this person I adore. So it can't all have been bad. I had a whole life before I wasn't ready for him when I was 25. Isn't that the truth? I wasn't. And in fact, what we discovered when we started talking is that literally the exact same weekend in 1995, he moved from Chicago to Milwaukee and I moved from Milwaukee to Las Vegas. How about that? We, like wow. it, it was like the universe saying, "You're not quite ready for each other yet. You got you got a, about seven years of lessons to learn before you, <laughs> before you're ready for each other." So. Right, because you wouldn't be where you are now if it wasn't for all that that yeah, had happened. Right? Got to learn from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and Michelle, for you with your boyfriend Kyle and his kids. So now you have your children. He has his kids. How does that work? I know your Christmas card was all of you together. The Christmas card was tough trying to get everybody together in the first place and then trying to get them all smile and put down their phones and stuff for more One than five One of the pictures minutes. on the card is the kids on their phone, yeah. which I think is hilarious. Well, that's great. I'll check in their text. What, yeah, right. what is the overall age range? 10-year-old girl, 12-year-old girl, 13-year-old boy, two 15-year-old boys. Okay. Old wow. enough. Preteen and teen. Preteen and teen. Fun. So yeah, it's but really great. Do, do, how do they all get along together? They do get along great. My um son and my boyfriend's oldest son used to play soccer together. So that's originally how I met Kyle and just trying to figure it all out. We first met. We lived in the same neighborhood. Now, don't assume that anything happened and there's no home wrecking going on at that moment in time. I actually didn't really like Kyle at the time. I thought <laughs> I thought he was egotistical. So as we got older, marriages start to fall apart and his was going apart first. And I said to him on the soccer sidelines one day, I am so insanely jealous that you're getting a divorce. And that's when I knew that I was in a bad spot, that I was jealous him getting a divorce because he's going to get to go out and date, and I was miserable. And then from there, it just kind of budded into more of a friendship. And then from there, we started dating. And yeah, we maybe dated. For me, it was a month before my divorce was final. So my ex-husband, when he found out about it, had major anxiety and angst and anger, which he still carries to this day. Sure. So then pays for it in texts and stuff. And and when you talk about like the anger and everything like that, for other people that are listening to this that have their own story, because everyone's situation is completely unique because you have unique personalities. When you see that there are exes with kids that are arguing, don't you feel like sometimes it can be hard to really have to separate, okay, what I'm angry about with them has nothing to do with the child. It has to do with that person. But the anger exists in a lot of situations and Mm -hmm. it's hard to shake that. I mean, how do you go through that? How do you... Um, you just what te- do you do? Right? You drink a lot of wine. <laughs> you do drink a lot of wine, but you also have to take a step back. I have a 24-hour rule that my ex, I've told him in the beginning, that he knows that he pushes my buttons on purpose still. And if I don't get back to him, I need 24 hours to get back to him because usually I'm really, really, really angry that's about a something. Good, that's a really... So a good mm-hmm. 24-hour rule of thumb, if I'm not responding, it's probably because I'm angry. And he respects that. Yeah. It's just 24 hours from then when the last rude text is get, gets sent. <laughs> so at least your rude texts are spaced out. The rude texts nice. are spaced out. But I think the difference between Kyle and I, Kyle's ex-wife doesn't communicate a lot. But when she does, it's always about a switch for a party or a switch for a weekend. So there isn't a lot of communication between them, which is it's good and bad. She's remarried as well, their boy's mom. And for myself and my ex, it's... It's more the communication that's hard about 
it's a lot of communication, sometimes seven to 10 texts a day mm-hmm. about a spreadsheet or a money or a weekend switch, or I didn't do something that he liked, or he's trying to tell me now what to do in my personal life. So, well, that's what, and then when you say what to do with personal life, boundaries is a really, really big thing too. That I think in any, any relationship, boundaries. And when you feel like boundaries aren't being respected, that's mm-hmm. when people get upset. And a lot of times too, we all have egos. Egos sometimes can take over. And when you realize that you're making decisions based on ego, that's where I think a 24 hour rule can be really helpful for anyone in any relationship to think, okay, any 24 hours, just sit here and let this process and then come back and revisit. Yeah, for now, sure. Was there ever a time, Katie, for you as a stepmom where you felt sort of, there's this terminology called step martyr, where you feel like you're running around doing everything for everyone and you're getting kind of lost in the mix. Granted, your kids were a little yeah, bit older the, when you came the thing into it. Is the kids were so much older. We did not have this, you know, seven, ten texts a day. I mean, Brian would go months without talking to her because the kids all had phones. They were, you know, they handled all of the she lived half a mile away. So they would just go over and hang out at her apartment. Um, and no, I don't feel as though it, the way we're kind of set up now, I actually not only do I have stepchildren, I have a grandchild, my oldest stepson, who is 10 years younger than me, <laughs> um, is married. Oh, and- oh, my God. Figure that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. My husband is 10 years older than me and his son is 10 years younger than me. So we, I'd like to tease him about how I was in sixth grade while he was becoming a dad. Oh, my gosh. But I have a granddaughter and the terminology gets a, my step granddaughter. It's like it's crazy. And both my daughter-in-law and my stepson's mothers came to me and said, hey, we're throwing her a shower and you're a grandmother, too. So let's do this. So it was the three of us. And we all had little angel wings on and little grandma t-shirt. Oh, and they, they, oh, we don't, they said we don't use the word step. There's no, there is no step. So this kid just has a lot of grandparents. Well, and for the <laughs> sake of the grandchild, because I think about that down the road with Brayson, that I, my hope is that if he were to have kids one day, that they would view me as, as a grandma mm-hmm. and not necessarily. Not, oh, but, for the, sure. but so you know what though, as I say that, it makes it seem like a step grandma would be less than because I had a step grandfather and I don't look at it that way, but to be considered sort of. A grandma and without having to use the word step beforehand, I don't think a, a child would say that because this is all they're going to know. Right. Especially the younger kids. Right. They're sure. little. They're little. Well, and it's one thing to think of yourself as the grandparent. It's another thing to have the other biological grandparents embrace you in that. And it's because they're, they know that I'm not a threat to them. There's plenty of love to go around. And, you know, the more people loving a kid, the better. When you talked about the biological mom, sort of opening herself up to you and not at all feeling like you are a threat in any way. That's where I have to give Brayson's mom a lot of credit because she, from the beginning, was like, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know what you're about and was quick to say, "Okay, the four of us, all the parents, let's do dinner. Let's let's sit down and talk because she looked at it as. Here's a woman that's in now my son's life. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know who she is. For sure. And was right away like, all right, this is what Eric wants to do. And was sort of supportive in that role that I didn't have to feel like, does she feel threatened? Does she not? And when we were married, she had bought me a bracelet with Brayson's birthstone on it with a card that said, wow. I'm happy that you're Brayson's other mom and you know, welcome to the family. Because we kind of joke that we have that's a great. modern family. Yeah. Oh, I was in tears about it. I, I totally was. Because again, the dynamic is very... It's very interesting. It's not anything I was ever exposed to before. Because even like with my friends, I don't have a lot of friends that are divorced. My parents are, but I was an adult child when that happened. I was 25. So I didn't deal with like going to separate households and things like that. But she, to her credit, set the tone. 
That's great. But I also know there is my place. You know, there are times where it's like, this is a mom issue and this is not, this is what needs to happen with the mom. Because Brayson's never going to look at me like I'm his mom, Mm -hmm. even though I may love him like he's my own Mm -hmm. because he has his mom. And once I accepted that, I acknowledged I know what my role is in this family. Sometimes he'll come to you because it's easier to talk to someone who's not his mom. Because it's kind of like an aunt (laughs) and uncle. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, how would you feel if your kids in that case did that? If your kids went to their stepmom about something really, really personal and not you first. I mean, how do you feel about that? They already have. It's about the the girl times, the teen, the menstruating and the, you know, having the periods. And they went to her and asked her and then they told me about it when they came back. And I was like, that's great. I'm so glad that she could help you. And if you have any questions, I'm here for you too. And I just feel like it's a good split role. I mean, she's been in their lives about 15 or 16 months now but she's doing a great job filling in I can't imagine my ex picking a better woman and I would like to get to know her but unfortunately because the animosity there's no way that anybody would get together for us for you know what though it's early she'll have time to work on him we weren't instantly going out to dinner together when we (laughs) when we first met but you you get more comfortable in the relationship he'll feel more comfortable in his relationship hopefully and feel less threatened by whatever happened between you guys. And maybe you will be able to be at least cordial to each other. Yeah, I hope so. Now, do your kids ask you questions about the relationships at all? I mean, do your do they ask you point blank? Mom, what, you know, you and dad are fighting. Mom, what do you think of our stepmom? Do they ask you that kind of stuff? They do. They sometimes ask me if their dad and I are fighting. And I say, you know what, honey, we fought a lot. And you guys never knew about it. So anything that your dad and I have to deal with, we sometimes deal with text. Sometimes we talk to each other, but we never involve you guys because you guys, we love them. And we never want to put the kids in the middle of the fight. And it's so, not their fault. It's not their fault. It never is. They didn't ask for any of it. No. Nope. I think that's the hardest thing is trying to discipline from two separate households. Mm. Is trying to figure out one lied at my house about something could his dad punish him because I said I'm going to take your phone away when you're with me so next Wednesday when you come back to me your phone is mine for those two days let your dad know if he needs to get a hold of you Mm -hmm. he can text me but then there's that fine line when I took it away when he was going back to his dad's and his dad was like you can't take away something from my house you know, when he's with me. That is so tough. Then it becomes that fine line of discipline, like, okay, well, what do you want to do in the situation? And he thought that what our son had done was a different punishment than, you know, than what I gave him. So then I just kept it to, when you come back to my house, I'm sorry, I'm going to take away your phone. You can't dictate what goes on in the other household. I can't. You had asked about questioning yeah. the whole dynamic. Yeah. Our son, Brian's and my biological son, um, who's eight, he grew up with having brothers and sisters who are adults and they're more like aunts and uncles than they are siblings. Although my stepson Nick did live with us until Emerson was four and he loved it and they love him and they're great with him. I mean, they're really, it's, it's really sweet. And I, I've been very sensitive to the fact that they have to now watch their dad who was extremely busy trying to earn money, trying to build a career in his twenties. Well, but I mean, even before that, when when they were little, he didn't have as much time. He didn't have as much flexibility. He was living an hour and a half from work in downtown Chicago. He had to commute. And so now they're seeing, Oh, you're taking Emerson on a vacation and you're doing this. And, and I had said to them, I, you know, I kind of, felt them out on and like, how do you feel about that? Is that kind of weird? And they're like, meh. <laughs> like they just, you know, it didn't, it doesn't. I never really thought about that them. because Brian's yeah. life now with right. you is 
so different than he's what his life was He's just in a totally different place. Like. He's more, you know, he's established. Emerson would ask, so wait, if dad is Nick's dad, then who is Nick's mom? And I said, Lisa is Nick's mom. Wait, so then is Nick's dad Will? Because that's Lisa. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's <laughs> As he so tries wait, to figure so it wait, out. Lisa and dad. I'm like, Lisa and dad were married. And then they got divorced. And then he said, you guys aren't going to get divorced, are you? And I said, of course not. I said, but you know, they were very, you trying to explain like in as adult things to a young child right, in right. appropriate I was like, language. No, no, we're not going to get a divorce. And I said, but now we're all one big happy family. And, and he's still, now he just thinks it's kind of funny. So for people listening, we want to know, uh, Katie, Michelle, do you have any advice maybe from mistakes that you've made when it comes to the whole blended family dynamic? Someone like me, a couple years ago, I came into this blind. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't realize that this was going to like test some insecurities that I had. There were going to be times where I was going to be jealous. All of these emotions I had not felt were all starting to come up. And I wasn't sure like how to work through this and what's my role here. And and that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast, because you both have been in this dynamic a lot longer than I have. What do, what do so, you think? 24-hour rule? Everything you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, the 24-hour rule. But the jealousy is going to be there. You're going to just have to work through it just because we're women and we're you know, we have insecurities and don't have any expectations. You're not going to have this perfect yeah. cleaver lifestyle and show the kids that you're there for them, that it's, it's a loving, supportive thing. Like, I don't discipline his boys at all. Oh, you mean your boyfriend's boys? I just leave that to him because we're not in that spot. We st- still are in two separate households right now. Also, don't assume it's going to be terrible. Correct. Exactly. Don't have expectations. Go in with an open mind and go in with empathy and remember that you weren't there, that it's tempting to, if your partner is still has bitter feelings about their ex, it's tempting to just want to, you know, say, Pile oh, on you to poor that thing and, and oh. I'll defend you and, you know, that terrible woman and, and all of that. But you weren't there. You don't know what their relationship was. And so... And you're also only hearing one side of the story. That's the other sure. part of it, I was just going to say, there's, there's two sides to every story. Absolutely. And, and we all know that in our own lives. So I wouldn't want somebody to judge my relationship with him based on their experience. So it's... I think you have to have an open mind, be optimistic, and have a really good sense of humor. <laughs> and learn from your mistakes, too. I met a woman at an appearance who is a step-parent and has biological children with her husband. But she has... He had two children with two other women. So she's like, I have two ex-wives to deal with that are biological mothers to these kids and things like that. And, mm. and she said, she's like, the best advice anyone ever told me is that if you get involved in you know, the step family dynamic and blended families is to get a good therapist. And I kind of joked and I had gone through therapy even with my own divorce. And so I already already had somebody, you know, in my, in my cell phone that I could call on. But it has come into handy because sometimes you do just need to talk to people about what am I feeling? Because right now I can't articulate what it is. And it helped. It's helpful to talk to someone who's not personally exactly. invested in it. Someone exactly. who's completely outside of it so that they're not, they don't have anything to lose or gain and they can just listen to you and reflect it. Right. There are, you know, plenty of resources online. I can remember um, a friend told me about this book called The Happy Stepmother that I had bought because I wanted to learn about this so that I could do a good job at it. That's the type A personality that, that I am. <laughs> Because I remember sitting back thinking, I have a very short window with Brayson. Because when I met him, he was eight years old. And then by the time we got married, you know, a couple of years had gone by. And now here he's sitting almost 12 years old. In six years, he's he's gone. I mean, and that flies by. He's mm-hmm. out of the house. I respect his mom. I want a good relationship with her. Because if things aren't great with all the parents, there's no way the households are going to be okay. And that's just what in our dynamic. 
that if things are not good with with Brayson's mom and Eric, it affects our household. And mm-hmm. I would bet it probably affects her household. Well, Brayson's in these households. So that's not fair to him because he's dealing with angst in a household when he's sitting there going, I didn't ask for any of this. And so that's where I thought, all right, I can only control me. I can only control so much. Yeah. Yep, only that control you can control. Right, exactly. Well, and no family is perfect. No no biological. They're not? Per, no biological <laughs> family is perfect. So yes, of course, it's going to add variables in with blended. But the imperfection is part of family. That's the thing about family is that it's family whether you're happy about it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And But that also has an advantage because there's a permanence to that that is really pretty cool on down the road. 40% of married couples with children in the U.S. are step couples, and that number is growing. That stat is from the website smartstepfamilies.com. 40%. So for what we're doing right here, it's good to talk about it. And yeah, it's a lot of our personal stories. Because I did think, I'm like, should I have doctors on in here and a therapist (laughs) and all that? And I thought, you know what? No, I just want to have regular people talk about what they go through. Absolutely. Yep. So there you go. That's 50 Shades of K. Thanks, ladies. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe so you can be updated when there's a new episode. So to subscribe to this podcast on your smartphone, open your podcast app or use your Google Play app. In the search box, type in 50 Shades of K. Now the 50 is spelled out, so it's five zero Shades of K. Once a podcast comes up, click on it and then hit the subscribe button. And as always, if you have any comments or suggestions for this podcast, feel free to email me at elizabethkradio at gmail.com. That's elizabethkayradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.